How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Chris Harrington joins me now on the Service Master by Cornerstone phone line. Chris, what are we listening to? That's um, Across the Great Divide by The Band. Lead track from their eponymously titled second album um, for a day in which I looked across the great divide of the NBA for thoughts on the whole league. Uh, yeah, that piece is up at the Daily Memphian. I have retweeted it or tweeted it out, and you can read it there. Thoughts on the entire league. Um, the uh, Starting, though, with last night, the Grizzlies have now wrapped up their preseason with a 126-11 win over Detroit. Detroit, uh, what would you say in total? Well, what are some of the some of the top takeaways from this preseason? Now that it's in the books, Chris. Um, I, I think I think Santi Aldama was probably the story of the preseason for the Grizzlies. I think you know if there were any doubt that he was going to have that job opening night job before preseason started, there's zero doubt now, both in terms of how he was used and how he performed. Um, I, I think John Morant and Desmond Bain. Both generally look really good. Desmond Bain, in particular, looks ready to take yet another step forward after his big step um, last season. I don't care about the three-point shooting numbers for him um, in preseason. I, I think he just looks good. I do care about the three-point shooting numbers a little bit for the team. I, I, I think you know the the hope is that you you know one of their two first-round picks is going to be a good rotation player from the jump. I'm not. I preseason has given me no particular confidence in that. So I think that that's a takeaway. So there's a bunch there. Uh, 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 first is um, Santi Aldama will be the starter. Um, how much he has looked good, but there's a difference between looking good and looking like Jaron, and it, particularly on the defensive end. So, right. um, and we've talked about that. that, that when Jaron was on the court, what was it? They were 87th percentile or something in defense, and when he's out there, basically a middling team. Right. What have you seen from Santi Aldama defensively? Oh, I think he's a better option than, than the other options they have, but that doesn't mean he's going to be a good option in that regard. He at least he's, he's a long player who plays long. You know, he's averaged more than a block a game in the preseason. He's rebounded pretty well. I think he, he uses his size to, to, to get in the way. Um, do I think they're going to be as good defensively without Jaron? No, not not even close. But like you got to, you got to, you got to have a choice. You got to play right, without right. Jaron, and so it's going to be what it is. But what I'm impressed by, and we'll see. Summer league is one thing, preseason is another. Real NBA actions yet another, and so there's no guarantees that this carries over. But I think Aldama not only you know can fill in okay for Jaron. What I'm what 
in the big picture, what I'm most sort of heartened by, I guess, is that I think he'll fill in well for Kyle Anderson once Sharon is back. And I think, I think this is a team that has lost some athletic pop and has lost some dynamism. And I think even going forward, they got to find more guys who can sort of create shots in a dynamic way. And I don't think Santiago Aldama is like an ultimate answer to that, but I think he gives them a little more pop. Uh, he adds some pop into that team in a way that a lot of these other guys don't. And, and you talk about, you know, just impressions from preseason. I may write about this a little bit next week. One of the things I'm struck by is how non-dynamic they are, you know, on a team that has John Morant with the ball. You look around, there's actually a lot of slow um, slow and or sort of stubby guys, you know, for lack of a better term, out there with him. And I, I, think, I think, you know, De'Anthony Mountain, I think they moved on from because of they're trying to raise their offensive half-court offense postseason kind of thing. But I think in the regular season, they're really going to miss that athletic pop. I think one of the things about Aldama is that he has a little bit of pop. He's sort of sneaky pop. He can he can play all. He can play above the rim. He can run the floor. I think he adds a little dimension of athleticism. Frankly, that you know Xavier Tillman and Jake Laravia and David Roddy don't quite with his length and, and fluidity. Uh, okay. Then the next point was that Ja and Desmond Bain both look good. Does Ja look better in any significant respect to you? I mean, it's preseason. I mean, right. he, he made second-team All-NBA last year, and it's preseason basketball. So, so I'm not that interested in declaring, like, John Moran is better. I mean, we'll see. I think John Moran's going to be great. Uh, and Desmond Bain, um, you just like he, – he, he has not shot well from three but in this preseason basketball, but, and you put no particular stock in that. I'm ta- what I'm talking about with Desmond Bain is he looks a little bit quicker. Yep. He looks a little bit m- m- more sure-handed with the ball. I think he's he's been a little bit nervier in some of the shots he takes, some of the passes he he throws. I think he looks more confident as a, as a scorer slasher off the dribble beyond the jump shot. I just think his his all around offensive game to me looks like it's it's ready to take another step forward. Okay, and then the next thing you said is that neither of the first uh, of the two first round picks looks particularly uh, impactful. In uh, they're going to have to play, and they don't look particularly impactful. Impressions still now about Jake Laravia yeah, and David I Roddy. Mean, and, there, and this is not. I mean, again, this is, I don't think this is surprising. Most, right. most guys taken in the twenties don't. don't, don't I, mean, I think. I think we. What happens is, and I don't think it only happens in Memphis. I think it probably happens everywhere. You raise your expectations because your team drafted the guy. But but the reality is, like these guys shouldn't be expected to step in and be good no. in the NBA right in, in the NBA right away. Um, and I guess they have to. They don't really have to play. I think the Grizzlies have decided that, that they have to play. But in theory, like you know, you, even with Jaron out, you, you play Tillman, you know, uh, over these guys. I, I think it's a little wonky with the fit, which is why I think one or both are going to play more early on. But they they haven't. I mean, the rash, the stated rationale for 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 going out and aggressively going up to get both of them was to get more shooting on the floor, and like they they're not making shots. You know, from from distance in the in the preseason, um, Roddy made a couple last night. But over the course of the preseason, they're both in the twenties, twenty percent range as three point shooters. And so, you know, we'll see. I think it'll be interesting to watch them all season as they both try to adjust and you try to sort of turn them into something. But remember, they, even though they both haven't looked good in the preseason, they both look better than Santi Aldama did a year ago. 
Um, and so, and so, like you know, give them some time. Yeah, the difference is that they didn't, they weren't going to play Santi Aldama, and these two right. appearing that they that they that they may. Okay, let me move on to two guys who we've wanted to. Uh, the, the hope is that they would take a jump. One because he's a little more experienced. The other because he's got a bigger role. Um, and that is John Conchar has a bigger role, and Zaire Williams, who's been injured. Um, has a more experience. What 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 what's the status of Zaire Williams and uh, and what do you we've thought about John Contra? Zaire seems to have some kind of wrist injury. Uh, you know, he seems as far as I as far as I know, it's nothing serious. You know, that he would be out for the start of the season, but I don't really know either way. I think they've just held him out because he's a little banged up. Right. Um, I, I think he hasn't played enough to get much Any of a impression. He's played three, he's played three games. And honestly, the same for Conchar. I mean, it's again, it's like four. He's played four preseason games. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't have, I don't have any different feel for John Conchar than I did three weeks ago. Right. Dylan. Uh, Dylan does not look great. Um, he looks particularly he, – he's, he's a slower, more in-the-mud kind of player anyway. But to me, he's looked a little more sluggish even than normal. Um, again, it's preseason. Like, you know, he's a veteran. Tyus Jones has looked pretty bad. Um, so, I, you know, we'll, let's wait and see what happens when, when the real games start yeah. with those guys. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on to the uh, piece that you had. People can read it again at the Daily Memphian where you have thoughts throughout the entire league. Um you have the Grizzlies fourth in the West with 51 wins and behind three teams that you think really make up the first tier it, it, from what I could, from what I was able to gather. Denver with 56 wins, Golden State with 55 wins, the Clippers with 53 wins. Is there are they on a separate tier those three? Well, I, I have I have them on a separate tier, but I also know, as I have on the show I did in the column, I, I think the West is really talented and really deep this season. And I think the top eight, I would go eight deep, but the top eight could finish in any, literally any order, and I would not be bowled over by it. I, I think I think injuries are going to sort this sort this out to a little to a degree. I think the talent level on paper is not even but close enough among the top eight teams in the West that almost anything could happen with those teams. And I, and it wouldn't, it would not shock me, but you know, to the degree that I, that I'm going to, before the season starts, look at it on paper and try to draw some, make some tiers and make some separations. I do see ultimately the upside, both the upside and the likelihood, sort of that combination of things. I, I do put Denver Golden State Clippers on a little bit of a tier above the others. Sonny, so the eight would be Denver, Golden State, Clippers, then Grizzlies, you're next, then Minnesota and the Suns with each 50 wins, then New Orleans, and then Dallas. That gets you to the eight, uh, not right. in, not including the Lakers in there. Honestly, you have the Lakers behind Sacramento uh, in, in your per- particular projection. Of those eight, though, let's so leave out Sacramento, leave out the Lakers, just take the eight. The one that strikes me, I actually could see any of the eight literally winning the West – Except for Dallas, Dallas isn't going to win the West. Well, I do have them eight all, right. uh, among those teams. Right. Yes. Um, I, I, so I think they have the least least chance of that. Um, but they have a top three player in the league in Luka Doncic. They have a defense that was uh, you know a high level defense last season. So if Luka who came into the came into the season out of shape last season, if he comes in and has the best season of his career and 
he's been MVP level already. If he's even better, and the defense uh, second year under you know that coaching staff is is a top five defense. If Luca is a top two or three player and they have a top five defense, who knows? I think their floor, barring injury, is pretty solid just because he's that good, right? But right. the ceiling, I'm a little less uh, smitten by, and obviously missing Jalen Brunson. How much do you think they're going to miss him, and how do you think he's going to help the Knicks? Um, I, I, you know, I think they are too reliant. As good as Luka is, I think they're too reliant on him. And, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie will see – He's had injury issues. He was particularly good for Dallas late. I don't. I, I, I certainly think Brunson's better, and that, and so I, I think that they have fewer places to turn other than Luca to create offense for that team. And so I think that hurts them. I don't think he'll be transformative for the Knicks. So like, I don't think Jalen Brunson's an All Star right. level player. I, I just think he's pretty good, and I think he'll help. He'll help that get that Knicks team organized a little bit. What's interesting is at the bottom there, you have, uh, just going through, uh, you have Portland with 35, Utah with 25, the Spurs with 23, the Rockets with 22, and OKC with 19. Really too bad that OKC is going to be there at the bottom, raking in another, uh, you know, we don't don't need them getting the number one pick. But what's interesting is how competitive it is down there to be awful. Like Utah's done everything they can do, and you've got them, you know, Fourth from the bottom. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a good chance that the four worst teams in the league are all in the West. And so, to me, in the West, there's much more – there's a gravitational pull sort of in both directions. I think you have, you have, you have more of a depth of teams that could win 50-plus games and more of a depth of teams that could win 25 or fewer games. And so I think there, there's that sort of separation there, there in the West. And those things honestly feed into each other, too, because they'll, be right, right. they'll, they'll, be, they'll, be, they'll be playing each other. Um, that, 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 yeah. That's one of my rationales. You know, I ended up going with Denver as my first seed in, in, in the West in the regular season. And uh, I have a few rationales for that. But one of them is that they're in that division. They're going to get four games against Utah. They're going to get four games against the Thunder. And they're going to get four, get four games against Portland. So, right. so they are guaranteed 12 games against what I have as bottom five teams in, in the West. Uh, all right. Turning to the East, you've got Philadelphia winning. Your thoughts. Why? I think the vibes are really good with Philly. I, I think, you know, if Joel Embiid has injuries, you know, all bets are off, obviously, but you can say that among, about the star players on any right. team. I think this is the best team on paper they've had since he's been there. Um, I think they're deep. I think they, 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 they should be relatively hungry, given that they have not broken through the way that, that Milwaukee and, and Boston have. I think, you know, Boston, they have fewer issues than Boston. I think they have more hunger for the regular season than Milwaukee. And I, so I think everything is set up for Philadelphia to be the best team in the East in the regular season. Um, and postseason? Why you do not, you have the Bucks coming out. Uh, I do. I, I, my, my issues with Philly as a postseason team are one: James Harden's history as a playoff player. He has a long history of, 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 of underperforming in the playoffs. And then, as deep as that team is, I think you know two of their three best players are, are, are offense first guards, and I think perimeter defense means so much in the playoffs. And for Philadelphia to put their best perimeter defenders on the floor. They have to sacrifice their offense. So I don't, you know, I don't think Matisse Thybulle is going to be on the right. floor. I don't think Nancy Mountain's going to be on the floor. So I think the, 
the lineups they're going to have to play in crunch time in the playoffs are just not going to be good enough defensively compared to compared to a Milwaukee, compared to Boston. And so that's why I see them as more of a regular season team a little bit. Uh, the order in the East, Philadelphia with 56 wins, Milwaukee with 55, uh, Boston with 52, Cleveland with 49, Miami with 48, and Toronto with 47. So those are the teams that avoid the play-in. Then we've got... Brooklyn in the play-in, Atlanta in the play-in, uh, the Knicks and uh, the Wizards. How about that? And then uh, Chicago, Orlando, Detroit, Charlotte, and the Pacers missing out. Brooklyn, 46 wins in the play-in. Why? I, I just think I think the middle of the East is squishier than the middle of the West. Um, and I, you know, if you ask me sort of why they're so high, or why they're so low, I'm not sure. You, right, you know, why they're I mean, so low. You, yeah. Why they're so low. Yeah. I, I just think Kevin Durant, history tells us Kevin Durant's going to miss 20, 30 games. Um, Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons are maybe the two most unreliable stars in the league. And I don't think the middle of that roster is as good as the middle of the other rosters of the teams ahead of them. I don't think the coaching is as good, and I think there's more potential for combustion and breakup. And so I just think, do they have the upside to be up there? Yes, but I think they are much less less safe bet than the Toronto, Miami, Cleveland teams. Uh, Atlanta obviously made a big play to get better, uh, getting DeJounte Murray, but you are not persuaded it will lift them out of the play-in. Yeah, I think that's good for them on defense, which is where they needed the most help. They were already, I think, second in offense last year, and I don't know. To me, it might hurt them offensively. I think there's a real, you know, Deshante Murray was a point guard in San Antonio, and was used to having the ball. Trey Young always has the ball right. more than more than just about anybody in the league, and so I think I think it's a little bit of a trick to to, to get that to work well offensively. I, and so, so we'll see. But also, just don't think I just don't think the total talent level, while good, is 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 on the is up there with the top teams of the conference. And then the other thing, you've got uh, the books, the Bucks over the Nuggets as your uh, NBA champion. And so you have a lot of faith in Denver. You've got them atop of the West with fifty six wins. You have them going to the NBA Finals, and you have Mike Malone, their head coach, as coach of the year. What do you like? Yeah, I would say so. To the degree I have confidence, which is, you know, not much, but more in some things <laughs> than others. Like, I, right. I, I'm going to be wrong about most of this stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I'm a little, I have a little bit more confidence on my Denver pick to be regular season first than I do to, to them to get out of the West in the finals. My finals pick, like, I, I was pretty firm on Milwaukee. In the West, I really struggled with the Denver Golden State Clippers thing, and I changed I changed it like six different times, and it just so happened that's where the will was when I finally had to hit publish. Right. So I so I don't have like I'm not pounding the table about that. I, I I'm really torn about it. I think the Clippers have the highest upside as a playoff team, um, but so much has to go right for them. Hey, you know, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard have to play enough in the regular season for them to be a top three seed, more than likely. Um, it's unusual for a team outside the top three to get to the final. So they have to be, they have to be, they have to play enough for the Clippers to be a top three seed in a loaded conference. And then they both have to be healthy for four rounds of the playoffs. And so if you stipulate to me that all that's going to happen, the Clippers would be my pick. I just think it's hard to, hard to, to, to have faith in all that happening. Um, the Warriors are the safest bet of the three. And honestly, I was just bored by the idea of picking the Warriors to get back. Um, 
I do think Denver's going to be really good. I think it'll be really good in the regular season. Um, I, I like some of the tweaks they've done to the roster to bring in Contavious Caldwell Pope and Bruce Brown, who are more gritty defensive right. role players that I think they need. Um, I, and I don't, you know, Michael Porter Jr. is a wild card, but I feel good about Jamal Murray. I mean, he's not an injury prone guy who misses games all the time. He had one injury, he said out a long time. So I'm just going to assume he's back. He'll be back to normal in short order. We'll see. But that's my assumption on Denver. Um, and so, you know, I was torn among those three teams, and it could be someone other, outside of those three easily, but I ended up just going with Denver. According to your projections, we would have Grizzlies hosting Minnesota once again yeah. in the first round. Are you down for that? I am. Let's do it. All right. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.